Welcome back to episode 26 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. It's been heating up across Europe this week, so we've got even more world records to discuss. Our very own The Distance Project nearly gets himself into a bus stop in his race over in Paris. Tom logs his first activities on Strava, and I myself travel all the way up to Manchester for absolutely jack shit. Lads, how are we doing? How are we doing, boys? Good to see you. Sun's out. Tuesday night recording. This is what stuff's dreams up made of. Exactly, yeah, mate. Absolutely. Well said, Callum. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost me. as good as my intros usually. It is bloody hot, isn't it? Let's let's be honest. I know we complain about the weather when it's cold and we complain about the weather when it's hot, but Christ, I'm sat here in my pants and I've got a bit of a sweat on, to tell the truth. So there's a lovely mental image for our listeners. Where are you, Tom? Because you're not at home. No, I'm not. So (laughs) I've had a bit of a fiasco this evening. Um, I'm in London for a Pro Direct shoot, which Ben is a part of, that will be taking place on Wednesday tomorrow, um, which we can talk a little bit about in the week, maybe. but I'm in a, a little apartment slash Airbnb type jobby, but bit of a weird situation to get in here. I had to pick up the keys from the Premier Inn, which was all fine. That went smoothly. But then there's a big main gate and then there's a, a door to get into the building to then get the lift up to the apartment and none of the codes were working. So I was standing outside for about 20 minutes on hold to the apartment people and they weren't they wouldn't answer. So then I had to rely on the uh, the help of some lovely residents to um to let me in the building. Uh and it is it's some gaff this. It's bloody lovely, but it is roasting hot. It's like I, I don't know how to describe it, but there's massive glass windows everywhere, and they've all obviously been closed for well, at least all day, but they could have been closed all week. And it is like a sauna in here. Um, so that is why I'm sat in my pants, in unfamiliar territory. Why are you not at a hotel? Um, because we wanted to, for this shoot, we wanted to have part of it as like a pre-run, you know, lacing your shoes up on the doormat. Oh, and, sorry. So the, the shoot is at the, the Airbnb. That's one of it the locations. Will, yeah, it will be like the first location with our boy Ben tomorrow. Right, so, I'm with you. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm in an apartment type situation rather than a rather than a hotel. But yeah, can't complain too much. It's just very very hot in here. It is warm. Mm. It is. I wish I'd committed to the pants now, but I'm sat here in a t-shirt. I can't really take it off now with this headset on my head. So um, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit and sweat it out. Oh. Can't have the fan on either because that's not good for the audio. So no, absolutely not. I've actually just turned the fan off. Um, actually, boys, give me give me two minutes. I think there's someone at the door, but I will be back momentarily. So chat amongst right. yourselves. Make, make sure you make sure you make sure you put some shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, and some clothes. Yeah, right. See you in a, a couple of shakes. <laughs> no worries. I'm actually, How you doing, then, I, mate? I'm actually a class temperature. Honestly, I'm I'm fine. I've got a little sweatshirt on. I'm. I'm all Sweatshirt. good. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Blimey. I did have a cold bath though, so maybe that's why my body temperature's down. Yeah, you probably want to get something else on. Have you done a session then, or? No, no, no. I didn't have a session. Uh, I'm actually. I'll come onto it in the week, but I'm. I'm pacing uh, a sub four attempt tomorrow for a guy uh, in Cambridge. So today was oh, just. Cool. I just had a double easy run, and I'll do my session tomorrow as part of the the pacing. So, yeah, it's quite nice to have an extra day after racing anyway. So, yeah, no, pretty good. Sounds Pretty good. good indeed. Are you heading to London tomorrow then? Uh, yes, I am. I'm going up to just for the meet day. Tom in the morning. Yeah, just for the day. Oh, decent. To be honest, I've not really got a clue what's going on, but 
meet Tom at the Airbnb in the morning, do a couple of photos or whatever. Um, and then there's about 10 of us, I think, doing some sort of pro-direct like spring or summer campaign. Um, Oh, nice. it's basically one of those days where they just take a shitload of photos and then use it across the year. Yeah. Um, I'm stuff back, like baby. that. Are you back? Who is that? I am back. Um, it was the lovely Samantha, in fact. Oh, okay. She Yeah. had, she, she had the correct code then. Uh, she did. I sent her the correct codes. Yeah. Good, Um. good. Uh, yeah, I just at the end of that, Ben, of you describing exactly what's going on. Um, Hmm. and I actually sent a very eloquent and uh, thorough WhatsApp message to the group which you were in, explaining exactly what was going in. So I, I, I don't appreciate um, those words from you. Did anyone reply to you, mate? No, I just got loads of like thumbs up reactions and stuff. But Sorry, hey ho. can I just check? Is is this whole conversation that we just had? Is this going in the podcast? I don't see Because what... <laughs> I'm confused. When I'm confused as to when Tom left, I was just chatting to Ben, and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, am I just chatting to Ben right now? Or is this on the podcast? Because it's generally the same sort of vibe, but. You know, I'm more thinking, like, was that just the most boring two minutes of podcast history there? <laughs> Me and Ben just being like, oh, you're going down to London, mate. Yeah, yeah, get there tomorrow, mate. Like, <laughs> I can't I'm tell. sure I'm sure the listeners didn't, like, notice the difference at all, you know? That's just the usual for them. Yeah. They have to listen to this yeah. week in, week out. Well, I mean, they choose to. Because so. it's like eight minutes that we've been on this recording now, and literally I can't think of anything that we've talked about of any value. Tom's got no, to tell you. Not at all. No, there's. I'm just looking around. I haven't really looked around this apartment yet, and there's some fantastic books on display. We've got uh, *Sapiens*. I don't know if either of you boys have read that. That's a good, good book. Um, we've got *The China Study*, which is a fantastic uh, nutrition-based book. We've got *The Complete Works of Oscar Wilde*. Um, what else? We've got *Culture Imperialism*. Bloody this hell! This is a pretty upmarket place you're staying. You've broken the bank for this one, haven't you? Or pro direct have? <laughs> Um, do you know what? It actually wasn't that expensive, um, but it is quite nice. I'm going to have a read. Of, I'm not going to have a read of some of these books, but I, I would like to have a read of some of these books. Decent. Fascinating well, stuff. I, I, ben, I know you were going to do your week first, but seeing as though Tom's set the scene and part of his week is going to be the fact that he's doing this shoot and work and stuff. Should Tom just go for it and just, just tell us what he's been up to? Yeah, why yeah. not? Go on then. Right. Where did we leave off? Um, Strava I think, stud returns. Yes, we're, we're back in business. So, Uh, I think on the last episode, I mentioned I was having a call with Rose the next day. Um, I had that call and it went and it went very well. Um, and so what we basically agreed on is or what we didn't agree on it. She told me and I said, yeah, I'll do that. Um, it's like a, a three day cycle where I'll do bike, uh, strength and conditioning and then either just like a long walk or some core work or rest. Um, and then repeat the process. So that meant that I went to the gym that I signed up for on the previous episode for the first time and uh, did my first bit of, I guess, proper exercise um, in nearly three months, which was sensational. So um, Wednesday was 20 minutes on the bike. Um, and I think this might be my, my most liked activity on Strava, which I'll take for 20 minutes on the bike, to be honest. So um, <laughs> thank you to everybody for all of their, their warm words. I expect this level of interaction on everything that I do, including my me, uh, me, um, strength and conditioning routines 
I expect the same amount of love on everything I put well, out you're now. Gonna, you're going to put strength and conditioning on, on Strava, are you? It's already on there, Callum. It's already on there. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, geez, Louise. Look at that. We've well, got a whole little workout we, we, there. We've, we we, along we've, we've lost another one. It's only me left. No. Out. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? I, I feel like it's good, right? Because it now I'm actually back doing exercise and I've got a plan to follow. I think it'll be nice to put it all on there. I wouldn't normally put like some. Yeah, that'll bloody... be good. But it's a slippery slope, mate. You'll be putting on hot yoga flow in the next few months. <laughs> do you know what? I had a look walk, down. Cycle to shop. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find um, what I would categorise this strength and conditioning under. Obviously, I put it under weight training in the end, but they've got all sorts on Strava. I didn't realise you can log like wheelchair-based activities and golf and all all sorts of shit yeah. on there. So, yeah, go on, yeah. Ben, Ben's done an ad recently. Ben, what, what example did you <laughs> give in your ad? What's that? Oh, uh, Alpine skiing. Alpine skiing, there you go, mate. Pr- product placement <laughs> at its finest. <laughs> oh, dear me. Um Anyway, there's, I'd like to highlight a fantastic comment from um, from Dan Jarvis on this post where he, uh, I can't get the comments up on desktop for some reason. Oh, yeah, there they are. Um, he said, uh, I didn't realise you could ride a Watt bike downhill. Um, and I think he's referring to the, uh, the, the speed that I apparently maintained for that uh, 20 minutes on the bike. So... All I'm following is this little digital display thing on the bike itself, which told me that I did just over seven miles in 20 minutes. Um, and I realized that's that's probably a, a fair bit quicker than just like an easy ride. But I will caveat and say I don't think this gym isn't um, – it's a bit rough and ready. We'll put it that way. It's a bit of like a old school, you know, no-nonsense type gym. So there's shit hanging off the ceiling and there's like dispensers of soap and hand sanitizer and whatnot around but they're all empty it says please clean your equipment but there's no like tissues left in the things to clean it with um i'm not painting a brilliant picture here but it does it does have the basics right and it's pretty cheap so you know can't complain too much um so yeah i I would take the stats coming out of this watt bike with a with a pinch of salt um, Sounds like you need to turn up the resistance, mate, if you're getting a load of hate in the comments. Yeah, I don't know how to... I honestly don't know how to do that. I don't know if you can do it. See that little feel... red knob on the bike there? I think if you turn that clockwise, it gets harder. The brake? It's like putting the brake on, yeah. Oh, like I thought that was increasing, like an emergency Decreasing stop. resistance. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I thought that was like an emergency stop type pull this <laughs> and it would suddenly fucking jolt you to a to a stop okay that makes sense i'll experiment with that to be fair it, it felt like a good level of resistance my legs weren't just spinning like a maniac yeah um, but i also didn't feel like i was pedaling through mud so um anyway uh that was that was wednesday and then i actually didn't do anything on the thursday i can't remember why i think it was a very uh, i think it was one of those days um you boys probably both adam where you sit down and then next thing you know it's like lunchtime. Uh, and the next thing you know, it's like six o'clock in the evening um, and you've got other stuff to do outside of maybe training or going to the gym that take priority. So I didn't go on Thursday, but Friday, here you go, Callum. I was back for some afternoon weight training. Nice, mate. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So this is very simple, right? I'm not trying to set the world on fire with this. This is just what Rose has set me as like some very basic SNC exercises to get everything firing again. Um, and to make sure that like my Achilles and my quads and glutes and everything are um, ready 
and are at least a little bit used to load before I go back into running. Um, so I did some goblet squats with a kettlebell. I did some weighted calf raises with a kettlebell. Um, I did some seated hamstring curls and I did some leg extensions on the, um, on the old machines. Uh, and I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Was, like, it, it, didn't take, was, it, exact, was it exactly 20 minutes or have you just put that? No, this was uploaded as a manual activity. And that, you did all that in 20 minutes. That's pretty impressive. I don't know. It was probably about 20 minutes. That's, I think. that's solid, that. No rest. Isn't it? Well, it, the thing is, at the moment, it's difficult because Rose specifically said, like, this should feel, I want this to feel very easy. So, like, the gob, the goblet squats, I was doing it with, like, a 12 kg kettlebell. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the hammy curls and stuff were with, like, maybe, I think it was, like, 35 kg, something like that. So, it was all like pretty pretty easy to be honest i still the following day i still felt like i'd done something um like i wasn't sore but you know when you just feel your your glutes and your hammies are a bit tighter and a bit more tender than they might normally be so i think that's the idea it's just meant to be very very easy for now um so so that was that and then sunday i did another another ride another little 20 minutes on the bike um and it's so hot in this gym again uh, i'm complaining about the heat again here but it's uh like the cardio section is upstairs and it's it's a proper old building right so it's like carpeted floors and there's no windows or anything upstairs and heat rises right um science and so it is absolutely <laughs> roasting up here as when i first walked in there i was met with the waft of a bloke running on the treadmill um and just like just extreme heat um so the amount of sweat that comes off me on these bike rides is is unholy like it's spraying everywhere and i feel a bit embarrassed about it to be honest so um yeah apologies for anybody who has to come anywhere near me after i've been on this bike or whilst i'm on the bike um yeah that's my week 20 minutes on the bike a bit of weights 20 minutes on the bike again uh and then i did another little strength session this morning do you feel, uh, good? Do you feel good? Do you feel good for it? I do. Yeah, I do. It's um it's really nice to have like a bit of structure back. Uh and it's nice to like this morning, for example, um normally like over the last couple of months of not running, uh if I needed to leave at like half seven, eight, I'd wake up at, you know, six forty five, give myself a little while to um wake up and whatnot and then leave. But to have to know that oh if i don't do the strength training like this morning then i'm not going to do it today it's nice to have that drive to wake up earlier get it done and then you just feel good about yourself don't you everything else feels easy once you've done like the hard thing of waking up early and going to the gym um so yeah i, I feel a lot better for it and i think it's gonna I, I can see myself getting quite into this strength and conditioning malarkey to be honest um, yeah quick question quite fun. quick question for you tom Mm. obviously when you were running you were really into your different shoes trying them out testing them out <laughs> when you're going to the gym I, what what's the thought behind the shoes are you just putting any on are you like because obviously when you're on the bike it doesn't matter what you're wearing when you're lifting and stuff maybe it does a little bit more but mm. what, what what's what are you thinking behind this are you just going to start wearing all the shoes that you've not had a chance to wear are you going to go with like a gym pair of shoes what's the what's the protocol i'm so happy you've asked this because i was wondering what appropriate gym etiquette is for uh a runner from like a an attire standpoint because 
I've uh, I've been wearing like half tights and stuff to the gym and then looking around and seeing what other people are wearing and thinking, oh, yeah, it's not actually like particularly normal or common practice to wear half tights in the gym as a bloke. Um, so I've just been trying to own that. But from a footwear standpoint, do you know what? The New Balance Rebel V3 uh, is my current favorite gym shoe. Um, You've done two not... sessions. So what is that? Out of, have you worn them to both? Or is well, that one versus he's, one? He's worn the shift three and well, the next one's by looking things. Yeah, I have. So, well, I've technically done one, two, three, four uh, sessions in the gym, right? I've worn the Rebel V3 for three of them. And I wore the Endorphin Shift 3 for one of them. Um, the Endorphin Shift 3 is a little bit too bulky on, on the bike for my liking. Can't get in the um, pedals. Yeah, whereas the, the Rebel is, is more minimal. It's uh, a bit more form-fitting. So that's my current favourite. But I was thinking of taking the old um, uh, Puma Forever runs down the gym for a, for a little go at some point. Nice. When you start yeah. when you start doing bike sessions, are you going to wear carbon or? Yeah, I was thinking this as well. Um, I, I reckon I will. You know, because mentally, <laughs> mentally that could be good to go in your yeah. invincibles, take them off at, at, next to the bike, put on After the, the warm up, yeah, 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 and then cycle. <laughs> I reckon that'll give you at least a couple of percent oh. of. Of improvement i'm not going to do any bike sessions though like this was an interesting conversation i had with rose and um like i've i i don't really want to do any sessions on the bike i'd much rather just gradually build up a bit of aerobic base um start doing bike you know uh and running so i might do i might run twice a week and bike three times a week to begin with or whatever um and then build it up that way and then my sessions just be my first running sessions back because doing sessions on the bike does absolutely nothing for me personally like i, hmm, I don't think i've really interesting get myself you say up that. for it maybe on the cross trainer maybe if i get on the cross trainer i'll go full jake smith and be hammering out 25 hours a week but <laughs> for now yeah I'm, I'm not too fussed about doing that and rose seemed pretty pretty happy about it so things are progressing nicely i'll start me running drills next week so instead of the three-day cycle, I'll do running drills one day, bike the next, strength the next, and then rest uh, on the fourth day, and then repeat that. And then we're then we're in run walk territory. So it's going well. Um, and most importantly, zero awareness, like no pain, no discomfort, no uh, tightness to mention. Like not, you know, not even a a whiff of awareness of this sacral stress fracture. So yeah. Lovely Good stuff. stuff. Mm. Very nice. I can't stand doing easy stuff on, on cross trainers. So it's interesting to hear you don't want to do sessions because <laughs> from when I've got injured myself and I've had to sort of shift my training from, from running to elliptical work, um, I actually quite enjoy the sort of like three times 10 minutes of, of intensity on a, on a, on cross trainer. So maybe, yeah, maybe you will enjoy it. You never know. Well, you, you say that Ben, um, about doing easy. Did you see, um, on the first ride, I didn't. I basically forgot I had a watch. I forgot yeah. that it existed. On the second one, I did wear my watch, and I wouldn't say that Polar's heart rate uh, from wrist should be taken as gospel. Like I'm sure there's variances, um, but did you see my average? One seventy-two. Yeah, <laughs> and my max was two hundred and one apparently wow. during that. That is so. Um, yeah, if that is the case then that's I'm... not an easy cycle mate <laughs> I mean, that's a I mean, vo2 max session yeah if you look for the first like minute and a half it was like 130 120 130 beats per minute and then by 
seven minutes into the ride, it had got to 180, and then it only kept rising from there. <laughs> so, hefty. yeah, good stuff. There we mate. go. First activity in what, 11, 12 weeks, something like that? Something like that, yeah. It's not surprising, mate. Yeah. Hey, good stuff anyway. Congrats, Welcome back. Tom. I think it's about 20 episodes, or roughly 20 episodes since you uh, did anything. So It can't idea. be that long, surely. What episode is this? Is this 26? Yeah. 26, yeah. Blimey, it must be getting on for 20 episodes. The last one you did was a soggy 60 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when I was doing like stupid bike rides, even though I, I couldn't swing my leg off the bike again because I was in so much discomfort afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah. One, one final question on go on. Um, before we go on to my week is, what's your relationship been like with your coach over this period? Like, obviously, he's not been setting you workouts or sessions anymore. So, have you just like... Have you kept in contact? Is he now going to start setting you stuff to do on the bike? Uh, is he going to be part of implementing your strength routine? Like, what's the what's the crack with Andy? Before before you answer, can I also <laughs> can I also do the secondary question? Pass all these together. Do you yeah. reckon when you got injured, Andy just stopped listening to this podcast, or do you think he's kept listening? Now you're not really <laughs> not really doing any running. That's what that's what I really because yeah. Andy was a very active participant in the early days when Tom was smashing out these sessions, and I've not heard a whiff <laughs> since. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good question. So um, when when the injury first happened, I was in like Andy was calling me like at least once a week just to check on any updates and see how things were going and so on. Um, and then we kind of had, you know, check ins every now and again. And then when I first got the diagnosis, we had a pretty long phone call just about like how we think it might have happened and what we would change going forwards and all that kind of stuff. Um, and since then, I saw him at night at the 10Ks, obviously. But since then, it's, um, you know, we've uh, we haven't really spoken that much because there's not a huge amount to really update on and I think um with Rose she's gonna get me back running so I'm I've got full faith in her to get me back you know through uh run to walk and then running a bit longer I think until I'm ready to be going for like an hour run without batting an eyelid at it until I've got some kind of volume and base under my belt I don't think, you know, I reckon that's when I'll, uh, me and Andy will start cracking on and, and getting some proper training done. So it's probably still a way off, to be honest, from that. Um, and to answer your question, Callum, I don't think he's listening anymore. If he is, um, hello, Andy. Uh, I love you like a father <laughs> um, and I miss you. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if he is, Callum, to be honest All right. with you. Thanks. That got a little bit weird there. Anyway. Right, shall I go through some of my uh, some of my week? Lovely week. Yeah, As you can on, probably man. tell by my tone, I'm not that excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the whole point of my week was to taper in for my 3K race at the weekend, which unfortunately never happened. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I think I took it pretty well. Um, my race basically got cancelled due to a thunderstorm, which lasted about 30 minutes, um, which then meant the meet was cancelled and had to drive four and a half hours home without having raced. But Never mind. It was, to be fair, Ben, I know that you're angry. The videos I saw, albeit it might have not lasted very long, that was bad. That yeah. was seriously yeah, it, bad. It was bad. And I was sat in the airport trying to get a flight back to England and they were all delayed by like an hour and a half as a result of it. Um, yeah. The videos it I was, saw, it it was the right well. decision from the officials. Like it was dangerous, but obviously that didn't take away from the fact that I basically committed the whole week 
to to race in that race and then like like it wasn't local basically for for me and Luke to drive up there get a hotel like I'd committed a fair way at that point Were you tempted um just to bang a time trial out or something? uh to be honest with you no not really as soon as it was cancelled I was just like let's just get in the car and drive home um Fair. had a long way back so I just thought Jesus. just It's write a, it off it's a long way to drive even for a 3k for like yeah you know, definitely under nine minutes of running let alone to then not even be able to do that but yeah the, the weather it looked like someone's gutter had broken but yeah everywhere it was absolutely hammering it down wasn't it it was and for the 1500 meters which was luke's race um he literally started as the thunderstorm began so they started completely dry <laughs> right and by the end of it they all looked like they'd been under a waterfall like you could not have got any wetter like it was yeah pretty entertaining to watch the uh, the other and slightly annoying thing was i filmed a video the whole weekend of like building up to the race like my usual race vlogs all that sort of thing um but that video will probably never see the light of day anymore because it doesn't have a race vlog in it so it'd be pretty boring <laughs> just yeah. don't worry just wait till you do another race just put the different different race in. no one's gonna know yeah no one will know will they just wear the same yeah. kit yeah anyway i'll just go quickly through my week anyway and so i started on monday with uh, an easy run with Adam, my last run in, oh no, second last run, I think, in Stockholm. Um, that was the other thing. Like, did a whole little, like, training stint, get some good sessions over in, in Stockholm, ready for the 3K race, and it never happened. But anyway, it's it's one of those things. Um, so Monday morning, 13 kilometers at five minutes per kilometer pace. And my legs were actually pretty tired this day, so I decided to um, have a proper taper for this race, like, basically cut things back a lot more than I usually would um, just to try and make sure that I was fresh um, for especially for more of this intense track stuff I find I can sometimes get away with like a 10k or half marathon if my legs are not super fresh um, but anything like above three minutes a kilometer I feel like my body needs to be fully ready to to exert itself if that makes sense um, and then on Monday evening did a Kenyan core workout 45 minutes um, and then we had the podcast that evening um, then on to Tuesday. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've missed one of your runs. Missed one of my runs. Oh, I thought you might isn't want it, to talk about isn't this. It, isn't it Monday, June the 5th? You've, you've done a 0.06 miler. <laughs> I have indeed. I've done a 100 meter sprint in eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, God. You can carry, you can carry no, no, on. No, 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 no. But I want to know how the, the logistics of that. Like, was it, did you roll into it and then quickly hit go on your watch and stop it under after 100 meters? It's or a was manual, it from a it's a manual upload. Is it? So, yeah. So, for this, um, <laughs> this campaign I'm doing, I had to upload a video to Strava, right? And you can't yeah. upload a video as a post. So, I had to have an activity. So, I thought, what's a good way of encouraging a bit of engagement on this post? I know. I'll break the world record for 100 meters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it works because C- Callum uh, got active in the comments. His his comment got no, uh, I, ten I, likes, something I, like that. I didn't get active. I got tagged. It was someone's tagged you in a comment, and I thought, oh, let me check out what this is because no one comments on my stuff. It's only in reference to you. And someone has said, well, Paul, shout out, Paul has said, can't wait for Callum Elson's commentary on this one. And I've just said, Paul, he's a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite getting quite a common occurrence. I feel like you getting tagged in my comment section. Oh, it's funny. Anyway, anyway, I think that's very resourceful of you, by the way. It's funny that it's like on Strava, but. Um, yeah, do, there what you, you go. do what you got to do, man. Leverage, leverage exactly. your following. It's all about engagement in this uh, social media and game. So that worked a treat. Bulldog were very happy with that. So um, anyway, on to Tuesday. Final run in Stockholm. 
Um, again, legs were feeling a little bit tired. So I was like, yeah, really need to make sure I dial things down this week. So I decided no doubles at all this week, just singles. So this one was 11 kilometers at 4.51 per kilometer. Um, ran through the nature reserve to the coffee shop that I'd spent quite a lot of time there to have one last coffee. Um, and on this run, actually, it was quite an interesting uh, occurrence. I got chased through the woods by a topless man who's uh, I've got the selfie with here on on Strava, if you're on there, um, to to get a picture with me, which was yeah very nice of him. He was a lovely bloke, but it was also quite strange, like turning around to this half naked man just trying to catch up with you in, in the <laughs> middle of the woods. So. Yeah, that was a an interesting um, little story to tell on that run. What, was his, that. what was his name? Give him a shout out. Pass. Adam, I think. Oh, shout Could out. Could be wrong. Oh, what was his name? Max, sorry. Max. Nice Max. to meet you on the run. Let me know next time you're here and I can help you with some filming. Oh, there Max, we go. Max Ornberg. Nice, Max. Yeah, cheers, Max. Um, and then I flew home that afternoon. And then on to Wednesday, which is when I did my first, well, my only session of the week. I did 20 by 200 meters um, off a minute jog. I tried a new session spot for this one. Um, it's actually really good on uh, sort of literally in the middle of the countryside. There's a, a road, a private road, I think, that joins basically two pieces of farmland. And the, the local landowner has tarmac the whole road. So you've got about 400 meters of completely flat, like, private road that i did my session on i don't know if i i'd be welcome there but i didn't get anyone tell me to go so yeah, it was a good session um probably went a little bit harder than i needed to for this one um it was one of those where i set the workout into my watch and then obviously not being on a track i didn't really know how fast i was running for the 200 meter reps um and i think i averaged around 30 seconds per 200 meters which um for people listening is around my well it would be my 800 meter pace so yeah probably a little bit too hot on that session but I was keen to get like a little bit more of anaerobic work in um, before the weekend's race because I feel like that's what's been missing from my training um, and that was that was a pretty tough one um, 20 by 200 um, I've Bloody just gone yeah. off my week that's a lot yeah. of 200s I'm looking Ooh. at yeah, your splits where it's got all of the um, yeah it's got the breakdown on all of the all of the reps on there and it just keeps going and going as you're scrolling through yeah, I did get to about, I think, 14, and I was like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> but I'm, at the same point, I've committed to the to the watch, you know. The yeah. session is going to keep going, whether I do or not. So <laughs> I just had to stick oh, it out. Yeah. It's proper hot that day as well. But, um, yeah, that was my only session of the week. Warm down home. Um, and then basically just did easy runs for the rest of the week. Seven kilometers the next day at 4.17. Um, I said here, fresh legs after session. Um which meant the taper had sort of started to kick in. Um, I always find if my easy pace is above 4.30 per kilometre, um, I'm starting to to freshen up. Uh, the same said for the next day, I did 10 kilometres at 4.25. Uh, the day before the race, I did a park run with the family. We did a, I did a little progression um, run. I quite often like to do a tiny bit of intensity the day before, um, just so that I don't feel sluggish on race day. So I started at easy pace around four minutes per kilometer and then i finished at marathon pace and literally every kilometer i tried to increase the pace by 10 seconds per kilometer so that was quite good um felt really good that day uh and then yeah two uh two further sessions well two further runs for the week was a a warm-up for my track race uh 3k i actually decided to do that indoors because it was so hot up in manchester and they had a indoor track um and that was 
what Alfie Manthorpe actually recommended to do because it was so hot outside. He said, like, there's no point being out in the heat. And I remember Callum actually in the week had also said to me, like, adjust your warm up to what you usually would do. So I, I decided to do warm up strides, drills, everything indoors. It, it was about 20 degrees in there. So much nicer than being outside. Race got cancelled. I did a warm down with Luke after his race. And then we drove uh, four and a half hours home. And that was my week. 75 kilometers of running. Nice little taper. Uh, and unfortunately no race but just one of those things what was the um what was the vibe like in the car on the way back was spirits high were you pumping some music out or was it pretty low and quiet and miserable um it was i would say in between we i wasn't like ecstatic with obviously going all that way and and it being cancelled but yeah. luke said to me like you take it a lot better than i would have um i think for me it's, it was only a 3k race i'm in a pretty privileged position where I get to race quite a lot. Um, so I just reminded myself of, look, on the biggest scheme of things, a down week has probably done me pretty good, um, having done probably four or five weeks of, of intense training. So it was about time I had a down week anyway. Um, and yeah, unfortunately didn't get to race at the end of it, but it's just one of those things really. That's um, what I was going to say. On. You've done five weeks at 100 miles a week. Like, I don't, exactly, think, it's, yeah. I don't think it's the end of the world. No, not at all. To do that. One thing I would say is that, again, it's, you, you're learning as you go on, but how much you drop down maybe isn't needed as much, if you get what I mean. Mm. Like, I know in different circumstances, your mileage would have been a bit higher because you would have had the race. You might have had a long run, like all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think because your body's so used to this is just a like a subjective view from the outside. Obviously, you know your body better than anyone. But I would yeah. imagine because your body's so used to, one, a high-volume training, and two, by your own admission, you do some random training stuff, like because of the work you do, sometimes it's more intense than others, then you could probably get away with doing more in the week, I would say. So yeah, definitely. If you're wanting to still be training through and be racing really well in August, then you know doing a session on, say, a Tuesday or a Wednesday is you know fine like you did the 200s and equally i think you can still keep a, a decent bit of volume in there but yeah look what's what's better do pushing another week to get another 100 miles and getting injured or just having a down week yes the race didn't go to plan but you know you go again next week it's not the end of the world so no i think it'll serve you well yeah i think it's a good point there about about the intensity of the week um i think from last week so in in stockholm when i was doing a lot of training um, I remember having sort of two runs towards the end of the week where I was basically starting these runs and just feeling completely like cooked already. And I was like, hang on a sec, maybe you've you've overdone it a little bit because um, I introduced quite a lot of intensity in my track workouts over the last few weeks. And my body is as well, it's adapted to it, but it's taken a bit of time. Like I've noticed my easy runs have got a little bit slower. Um, so I decided this week, look, try and really get yourself ready to race but also maybe try and have a down week so the fact that i didn't race at the end of it is actually probably a blessing in disguise really um but yeah that was my week solid good, mate solid when are, you, when are you next racing yeah that's unfortunately the another slight downside to, to things at the moment it won't be for another month um i'm off on holiday with meg's family for 10 day a 10 day period then i've got a little trip to berlin with a6 um just a couple of days um so it basically means i don't have any opportunities to race uh in the next well ideally i was looking for a race this week i thought maybe get into a watford wednesday do a 3k down there and it will be that won't have mattered about about the taper type thing um but unfortunately yeah that that's all sold out and the next opportunity will be a 5k race uh in nottingham uh 
in about yeah just under a month's time now so i don't think it's the end of the world get another good couple of weeks of training and then maybe i'll even surprise myself being in even better shape than i think going into the next 5k race um, and that's what i'm most i can get up for a 5k race a lot more than i can a 3k race um i don't just because for me personally 3k is a little bit short and i always feel slightly out of my depth especially in that sort of track environment whereas a 5k the longer the races are basically the more competitive i feel so yeah 5k race will be the next one in the nal so a nice competitive race again uh up in nottingham decent yeah it's it's un annoyingly it's watford gold standard i think isn't it tomorrow so yeah it's um, all sold out yeah well are you also the times that you need to get in i think is pretty um yeah pretty i don't sharp. think i got in like elliot giles and stuff are racing there tomorrow i believe because they're looking for pacemakers but um yeah, well, you can at least you can get three or four week, good weeks of training in, hopefully. And, yeah, exactly. And and you can enjoy your holiday more with less pressure, knowing you haven't got a race like on the immediate horizon, right? Like, you get to yep. go away for ten days, and you're like, you can eat what you want, drink what you want, stay up a bit later than usual, have a good time, and not have the pressure of okay, as soon as I get back, I've got a race, which is it seems like a bad thing from the outside, not racing. But I always love it when like I do get a week off racing, and I'm like, ah, oh, I could just relax a little bit more. You know, you don't have the anticipation or the nerves or anything like that. Yeah, I just think for me, I was looking, I was really looking forward to doing a track season where I race like almost not every week, but every other week. Um, and unfortunately, that's not really going to happen just the way things have, have played out for me in terms of my calendar. But never mind. I'm sure we'll get a good couple of track races in before moving to the longer stuff. Still got a long, a long summer season ahead, really. It's only June, so probably shouldn't get too down on it. Yeah, but, um... yeah. Like you can race in England until like the second week of September. I mean, we raced it in august didn't we last year uh yeah so yeah. yeah you got loads of opportunities to come up i think um, exactly just be an extended sort of base period are you are you looking forward to your holiday i am indeed yeah we're off to the <laughs> isle of mull in scotland oh any yeah. um have you scoped out any running routes have you been on strava looking at segments and no i haven't done actually do? i'm actually a bit weird when it comes to holidays is if somebody else is booking it and it's a like a family holiday i don't like to know where we're going or the place we're staying at until we get there it's more of like a little surprise i've done it as, as a kid i've always done <laughs> Mate, it and, you uh... are the weirdest bloke ever <laughs> and what I've, do you i've mean? just what kept you, it going what do you mean so if the someone else Isle is booking a trip you don't like you want it to like yeah what... so i've got no idea where we're staying what the sort of running terrain is like i know it's in the middle of but do you not have conversations nowhere. like when you're around being like oh are we excited for the trip yeah so you know yeah i'm excited but, but do i just you don't say... want to see the photos no, no no what i'm saying is do you make like a do you make you put it out there like oh guys don't let me know where we're staying or do people yeah, yeah, yeah. okay right okay i was confused because surely like normally in conversations people would be like oh yeah so ben we're staying at blah, blah blah or like yeah the hotel's got this or the airbnb's got this or whatever but you make a point of saying guys don't tell me anything about the trip because i'm going to surprise myself when i get to the isle of mull exactly mate got you that's my thing yeah it's going to be hilly i'm just looking at some of these um some no don't segments. tell me don't tell me <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anything about the place? Like, like even do you know some of the activities you're going to potentially do or anything? Not really. No, there's a beach about ten minute walk, <laughs> and we've got to get a ferry to the island. And there's no shops on the island, so it's going to oh, be fun. Oh, me. oh well, I, I'm looking at loads of stuff now, but I feel like I can't tell you anything about the place. So I'm going to yeah, yeah, so spoil it. it. Yeah, you can have a great time. It looks lovely. Yeah, it looks class. Yeah, it does look nice. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well. I've got that to look forward to next week nice one are you driving gonna, up on friday are you gonna vlog it uh i'm sure i'll make some sort of content while i'm there nice i've got some ideas for you but obviously i can't tell you because you don't know what you're gonna do when you're there so <laughs> <laughs>
Right, shall I jump into my week? Yes. Go for it, mate. Come on. Right, June the, the big man himself. Monday, I did 7.86 miles in the morning at 6.52s. Um, yep, that's Monday. Nothing really to report there. And in the afternoon, I did 30 minutes elliptical. Um, so, yeah, just cross-training. Um, the last few weeks, I've done that as my Monday double and has worked quite nicely just to reduce the load a little bit. Although, I'm... So, Hang on a second here. If, if cross-training is allowed, why is strength and conditioning not allowed? Uh, because I feel like a aerobic activity that is a replacement of running is different, you know, especially when you're trying to tell a story and document your training. I think showing like this is normally a run. You always know a double on a Monday. Here's the replacement activity I've done. I just think okay, it's different, okay. you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and also like the the whole point of Strava right, is like it's a timed activity. Strength and conditioning to time is bollocks. People that are like, oh, I've done fifty minute gym. Well, how do you get the exercises perfected? Do you start your watch and be like, oh, I need to take an extra second rest. Or I'm going to lift this squat a bit slower so I can make it sure it's fifty minutes. You just do sets and reps anyway. Yeah. It's just do you like... know why I log strength and conditioning? Go on. It's because of you know um like training load on the Coros. Yeah, but come on, man. You come get on. like. If you do a strength and conditioning session, you get like a, I don't know, a 40 score on your training load and then it just takes it into your full sort of six month period of training. And then you can get a bit more of a clearer picture. I don't know if it's going to make any difference, but that's the reasoning behind why I do it. Yeah. But again, I don't know if you can get a clearer picture because like it's, if you think about, again, it's measuring what your heart rate over a period of time, right? Yeah, that's It's true, nothing yeah. to do with the strain on your muscles. So like if I'm lifting, yes, your heart rate will change slightly, but Tom could go in and squat all the heaviest he's ever squatted in his life to the point where people in the gym are thinking this guy's legs are going to break. It's, his training load probably the same as if he logs it as, you know, he's gone and just lifted his his body weight. Yeah. I, I hate Definitely. how um how much sense you make for this cannon, but I'm still going to log it. I'm still no 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 still look it still look look I'm not the gatekeeper of it am I I put, I put, <laughs> lo I put loads of bollocks on Strava but I'm just it's just a preference you know but um as Tyler the creator said if you get inside the bullied just close the screen don't look at it so there you go <laughs> is that what he says that's what he said once yeah but obviously I don't believe in that if you're getting bullied speak to someone that you trust um okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a helpline out there. Uh, yeah but only ring the helpline if it's really serious because i'm sure they got a high high volume of calls okay um so strava doesn't count as bullying is what i'm saying um all right tuesday uh oh banger of a session coming up for you now tuesday i forgot about this one um so <laughs> i had um yeah we had a really good group for this one um everyone was down absolute all-star squad that we had pretty much every decent runner in cambridge was here um for this one so I had, um, it's a long title. Essentially, I had three times 200, then a 400, three times 200, then another 400, three times 200, and then a bit of a larger rest, and then an 800 at the end. Um, so we were 29 to 30 for all the 200s, and they had um, 100 meters jog in 60 seconds. So it's not really a jog. It's kind of like a little fast walk. Um, so 60 seconds between the 200s um 90 seconds after the last 200 before the 400 and then after the 400 meters you had a three minute so that was like a set um and after the final 200 before the 800 we had kind of four and a half minutes so put your spikes on do whatever um sorry if you have not seen this written down because i'm probably not making sense um but as i'm reading it it does to me so 29 to 30 seconds for the 200s 
we were 56 seconds for the 400s and then we were 152 for the final 800. So yeah, that was a really good session. I did this similar session um, before I raced at Penn Relays back in April where we had, um, yeah, it was pretty much the same and we did the 800 in 154. So yeah, to run it in 152 and to even split it as 56, 56 was, was really good. That was a great session. Jeez, good insane, mate. good yeah. confidence building session. You're a nutter. Yeah. I don't really know anim- what else to say. <laughs> animalistic. That is. Yeah, that was. Uh, was that it was... just you on that 800 meter rep, or did you have somebody no. take you through 56? Or yeah, yeah, we had Killian, uh, a really great guy who's at Cambridge. Killian Journey. Not quite. No, he probably beat him in the 400. Um, Killian, our Killian, the, the real Killian, took him, took us through in about 56. Yeah, and then there was. Can't think. I think everyone did the 800 actually in the group. Um, wow. But yeah, we had like Jeremy ran 153. So we were all, you know, we were there or thereabouts. There was a good group of us. So um, yeah, great, great session, that one. Um, and uh, yeah, exactly what I wanted to be honest, a bit harder than I would usually do the week of a race, but I just wanted to really get some confidence. Don't know if you remember on the last episode after I did the mile, but I basically said, I've got three sessions before our next race where I can really try and make some developments, get some progress and just get my head down. So that that's kind of exactly what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, had my cool down say. as normal Wednesday. I did. Hang I... on, hang on. On this cool down, you said pre-pub. Did you go to the pub after that session? Did you? Yeah, yes, yeah. So we try and do this quite often, actually. Um, especially when, to the pub. especially when we know we're going to have a big group. Um, I always cycle to the track though, so I do my warm down back to the or cool down, whatever, back to the track and then cycle over. Um, Jack just went straight to the pub by look things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people do, but yeah, we had a. Re- there was probably about how many of us? Maybe twenty or twenty-five of us that went. Oh wow! Um, few lasagnas flying about. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> lasagna at the pub. Couple of lasagnas. Yeah, well, to be fair, I've put pre-pub. It's a bistro. Come on, it's it's been no, no, no. What sort no, of pub I, is this? I've put pre-pub, and normally we'll go somewhere that does have food. To be honest, because you think you've done an evening session, like you got to get some in you. Yeah. Um, but on this occasion, the group was so big, we got to the pub that we normally go to, and they were like, "Look, we can't accommodate you. There's too many people." But we had a large, um, a large group from the uni um, and Cambridge Uni. People that know, steeped in history, uh, loads, <laughs> loads of different college bars and this and that. So they were like, "Oh, don't worry, we can just sign you into one of the college places." So we actually went to um, Hawks Bar. It's called one of the like sports societies. Um, hence the the lasagnas because the menu wasn't extensive you know there's just a, a few things on there um but yeah pint and a lasagna eight pound fifty that's university subsidies for you bang jesus it. that is a deal and a half isn't it that wow yeah so there you go so that was that was longer than the great session i was proud of i've just had to <laughs> that. So there you go. um so that was that was um tuesday wednesday i had a double i did six miles in the morning at 659s and then I did um, 4.82 miles in the evening with Alice at 8.22 per mile. So about 40 minutes. So that was kind of, what, 11-mile double on Wednesday. Good stuff. Thursday, I just had a single, I believe. I did nine miles in the morning at 6.47. Um, when I say in the morning as well, all my runs are like the earliest I ever start a run is like 10 a.m. Most of them start around 11 a.m. So Yeah, that's a midday sun run. It doesn't, doesn't really count as morning, but I get up, do my work, have my breakfast, then it digests, then I go. So, yeah, it's technically it's morning. Um, so that was Thursday. Friday, I traveled to Paris. Um, I flew and 
it was it was Paris, but it wasn't actually in Paris. And the traffic and stuff in city centers is always so bad that the journey just drags on a little bit. So by the time I'd actually got there with a few delays, it was pretty late. Luckily, my hotel was only about 500, 600 meters from the track. So did my pre-meet at the track, 3.74 miles at 707s. Um, and this was really good. This is the first race this year where I've been able to go on the track the day before the race. So I could actually do some proper strides, have my spikes on, get a feel for the track um, and kind of just get a bit excited about it because they were they were setting up. This event was massive. It was part of the on track night series. So the same as Highgate and the one they've had in L.A. and stuff like that um, called the Fast 5000. So kind of all the stuff that you guys already spoke about on the podcast that they had at Highgate with the rock climbing walls and the fire and the dancers and the beer tents, everything. They basically just brought it all over and did the same thing. Um, so yeah, it was quite good to get excited the day before the race and get a feel for it. That was nice. Um, the one downside though, is when I got back to my hotel, um, there was no, the, the hotel restaurant was closed. So the, and the, where I was, there was oh, like no. pretty much the middle of nowhere other than like a KFC and a McDonald's. And I thought, right, I can't bring myself to have that the night before the race. So I jumped on Uber Eats anyway found a found like a chinese kind of asian fusion type restaurant got some white rice some some chicken all ordered perfect boom it arrives lovely guy brings the food i sit down to eat it what do i realize no cutlery (laughs) so i'm about to race just for context right i'm about to race against a really good field at the on track night series i've come to paris to do it and what am i doing the night before i'm sat in a hotel by myself I get a paper cup, right, that they leave in the bathroom. I cut it in half to make like a rip it in half to make like a scoop out of it. That's the only way I could describe <laughs> it. Like something that you'd like, I don't know, pot a plant with. And I had to just eat my rice off this little a mixture of my hands and this paper plate, paper um, cup. So, yeah, depressing, depressing Friday night that was. So there I hope was that's no... in the video. <laughs> yeah, um, there was no like uh, teacups or. Like a little, you know, um, most hotel rooms. So, like the the cup of coffee and all of that stuff. Right. I'm. I'll say this as I'm very fortunate for my position. So I'll say this as politely as possible. For this event, there was different tiers of like athlete support and funding. So your George Millses of the world, your Ellis Crosses, (laughs) they're in Oco Hotel, lovely. You know, five star job on on running flags outside. You know, center of Paris. You're thinking, ah, lovely jubbly. Then you've got an IBIS budget. You're thinking, oh, IBIS is not the end of the world. You know you know what you're getting. It's Premier Inn, Travelodge Standard. Then you've got this one that's next to the track, which is great. Oh, it's only 500 metres from the track. Fantastic. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. It wasn't... Listen, I'm not a snob and I can stay anywhere. And it wasn't terrible, but it was just... It was If, you, if it was in America, it'd be a motel, not a hotel. Right. If you get what I mean. So it wasn't... <laughs> it was... There was a kettle, but you're thinking don't really want to drink out of that kettle and there's not a teaspoon and a cup or anything with it. So what are you hell supposed to do with the kettle? Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, anyway, that's a tangent for you. Still was great to be there and great experience. Weather was good. Um, so that was Friday. Saturday morning did a shakeout in the morning. Um, just 1.8 miles, 656s, 12 minutes. Um, literally just to get the body moving. I wasn't racing until um, 20 past eight that evening. So that's still almost nine hours before I race. So just kind of wake up the body a little bit. Not too sure if it makes much of a difference, but I've always done it. So I just keep doing it and other people seem to do it too. Um, I think it's good. Good shout. I 
for my 3k race i got to the track in the afternoon and i felt really stiff and i was like why don't i get up and do a little shake out that i see the likes of callum and you know elite athletes do so i do think there is a reason behind it, it just like loosens you up a little bit i think Yeah, def definitely. I think it does. I'm sure there's some like physiological like benefits in terms of people will have looked into it properly. You don't just tell the pro runners to go and do it. They have to have evidence to why they do everything. But for yeah me, I think it just gets me a little bit more mobile. I start thinking a little bit about the run and often I do it. 20 after. minutes of headspace that type of thing Yeah, I often do it after I've had breakfast, too. So I think it is good for your like digestion and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, shake out in the morning. Then in the evening, did my normal warm-up, um, which, yeah, I'm pretty happy we've got that kind of down to a teen hours. So feel good after that. Um, and... I've just read the uh, description for the first time. Oh, what, <laughs> for the race? yeah. Okay, yeah. So this was a 1,500-meter B race. Um, the A race, which, I, we, I mean, we can mention in the results, but the guy that won the A race, right? Um, oh, I'll talk about my race first, or it's going to be a tangent. Sorry. Um, God, yeah. This was this was a, a weird race. So I I felt amazing when I stepped onto onto the track. So they had like a little walkout thing where they put on some tense music, fireworks go up, and then all the athletes run onto the track. And that's the first time I've been on the, the track with my spikes that day. And I thought, oh, I feel good here. You know, this feels really nice. It's only a six lane track. And for on half of it, people are stood all the way into lane four. So it just feels small. The laps are going to feel short. you know, this is good. I knew there were some good people in my race that had like 336, 337 PBs, but because I didn't know anyone, I couldn't identify which person was which. And I think that naivety is good because it meant I was like not really scared of anyone in the race or thinking, oh, if that person goes, I better not follow them because you didn't Yeah. know, you didn't know who was who, which is actually really beneficial. Um, Like when you um had Beamish go round you and you didn't go with him because you thought, oh, he's Exactly that. he's Exactly. the big dog. Exactly that, because you think, oh, if he's going, like, I don't mind finishing a second away from him. Whereas in this, you don't know whether the 344 guy's going around you or the 337, because I ain't got a Scooby-Doo who any of them are. Um, so yeah, got got off well. And the idea really was just to commit to it. It was pace for 337, which is about 58 flat, I think. So it was going to go through 156, 800. And the pace was going all the way to a K in 226. So I was like, right, just jump on the train. And if anyone slows down in front of me, make sure I commit to go round that person and, you know, close up all the gaps. And that's exactly what I did. Went through kind of 56 mid, something like that. The pacer, by the way, absolutely unreal, right? If you watch the replay, he goes through at 56.01 for the first lap and he's supposed to run 56.00. So that's like as perfect as you can get. And then for the K, he goes 226.01. So No he way. ran it, yeah, which is like absolutely Wow. mental. So whoever he was, legend. Um... So yeah, got out, got out well. First lap, boom, ticked it off. Second lap, I'm through in 156, and I'm like, right, you know, half the race gone, and you've committed. You're on the pace here. You know, you really haven't got that long to go. Pace had dropped out at a K, and the weird thing about this track was the the straights were short and the bends were quite long. It's it, I know that sounds really weird, but just the proportions of the track was a bit strange. So you really didn't in your head the hundred meters only starts when the track starts to get straight. So it it disappeared really quickly it was it was weird um so yeah when the pacer dropped out i was like right i've only got to run 100 meters and then the bell's gonna ring and then i always know i can do a last lap that's not a problem so bosh 100 meters gone i get through like 242 and i'm like right come on callum like you need 57 points something like you can run a 57 point something here 100 percent 
go through with 300 to go. And now I'm like, actually, I'm like, I can definitely win this like 100%. And I was thinking, I was like, I've been in this position a lot. I've got three or four people in front of me. No one looks like they're really getting away at this point. And what I should have done in hindsight is with 250 meters to go when I'm still on the straight, that's when I should have really surged and tried to get to the front of the group or at least into second. So when we got to the bend, I didn't have to negotiate people. But for whatever mm. reason, I didn't do it then. And I was kind of thinking, right, 200 is because just naturally, you know, when you hit 200, you just do it like that's kind of a default setting. So when I've got hit 200, I've been like, right, come on, this is where you've got a, you know, you need a 57. So you better make sure that this is like a 27 or 28 or whatever for this 200. And as I've tried to go around and I wish this was caught on camera, but the tents are in the way. So you can't see it. You're just going to have to believe that this is true. And people that were there, if you're listening, any French fans, you'll know this is true. I've gone round this guy and he's swimming, right? He's absolutely swimming. He's grimacing. His arms are going everywhere. And that's why I was like, I've got to move past this guy because I can't get caught behind him. The others are going to leave. And when I've gone round, my arm has definitely like brushed him or like gone into him a little bit, as you do when you go around people. And I don't know how, because he was only a small bloke. Maybe I was in the mid midair or like caught off balance. He's absolutely yeeted me into lane four, <laughs> right? Like genuinely, genuinely, I was like, I remember at the time consciously thinking, right, he's made you look like a right mug. Like, he's absolutely, like, waits you there. If that's on camera, you're, you're going to look like an idiot for that. He's hit you with a big shoulder barge, like I in a football match. Yeah, yeah. Someone absolutely clatters you to and, the floor, and you're like, whoa, and, I wasn't expecting that. And if you watch the race, you can see the same guy at the start. They ha He has a little fight with another guy when they're pushing each other, and the commentators even say, whoa, look at all that pushing. Whatever. I like this guy. I like this guy. He's feisty. So we're going round, we're going round, and I've got flung out into lane four. So now my, my priority is just like, right, keep going. And then the irony of the situation is, literally like two seconds later, like maybe 10 steps later, the guy was like, he was done. We all passed him again. He was so, so like, I think it was more of like a desperation thing than anything. Um, but yeah, look, didn't throw me off loads, but definitely swung me wider than I would have wanted to be. And it meant when I got into the straight, I was behind traffic and it was only a short straight. So you couldn't, there wasn't a lot of time for a gap to open and people that have watched the video will see it's with maybe 20 meters to go that I finally find this little kind of gap. And even when I get through there, I get budged again and my legs start kind of giving way. My knees are getting close to the ground. I'm thinking I'm going down here. I'm going down. I just managed to stay on my feet and finish. Um, but it's just frustrating because I could see the wave lights with 200 to go. I didn't see them for the whole of the race. So they're so difficult to see. I don't know how people like absolutely rave about them because they're on the other side of the rail. So, like, when you're in lane one, you can't even see the lights. But anyway, um, I could see them, and I knew they were 337. And I was like, look, I am I, I reckon I can catch the lights. And if not catch the lights, I'm going to finish just behind them. So when I crossed the line, even when I found out I'd run 340, I was a bit like, ah, oh, shit. Like, like that guy and slash a little bit of the, the pushing and, you know, maybe it's part of it's my tactics of not going a bit earlier or whatever it is, you know, the margins here are so small because if I walk away with 338 low, which is only one second over the course of the race, then that's like a totally different outcome to 339 because 339.4 is like, you've broken 340, fantastic, like great step forward. But 338 low is like, wow, like, all right, you, you, that's, that's a really breakthrough. You know, it's kind of a big difference, which mm. seems silly, but look, it's 0.25 seconds a lap or 0.3 seconds a lap. So that really is where being in a slight wrong position or getting a nudge off balance or not being able to make the the last 200 a second quicker because you're not racing for the win anymore. You're racing to get through traffic. Um, 
you know, that's where it it, it, it gets a bit frustrating. And I know it might come across as me being like, oh, yeah, of course you could have done it, mate. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But my coach, Nick, is very he's very honest with me with feedback and he wouldn't say I can do something that I couldn't. And his first feedback straight away before I messaged him, I had a message on my phone when I got back to it being like, that was 337. Like that, you, you, that was 337 without all that fuss that happened. So yeah, great race, great result. Like PB, I've PB'd the mile, I've PB'd 1500. And they're the two events that I've done so far this year. I came fourth, so I didn't come fifth again for the fourth time in a row, which is great. Um, event and atmosphere was brilliant. The video will hopefully be good that I'll put out on YouTube tomorrow. And yeah, successful evening. But it's left me with a good mix of I'm pleased, but I really don't want to end the season on 339.4 and think back to that day and be like, what could have been? I really want to kick on now and go into the next race and be like, right, you know, mm-hmm. you, you need to take this as confidence. And I think the floodgates might open now, which is really exciting. I think being through that barrier and having a PB under your belt and being like, right, if the season ended tomorrow, you've still done decent, I think takes away a lot of mental strain to now just be completely free and loose with it and go, right, like what else could you do? And I think the time could tumble down if I get in the right races. So yeah, exciting times. I think um, I think you were talking about it with the mile and breaking four minutes for the mile and how like once you've done it, you know, uh, for, you know, in your... Uh, Elmsley car mile where you ran mm-hmm. four zero zero something and how you weren't too fussed because you've already broken four and it, it doesn't really matter that much. Is that a similar mentality to how you feel now? You've broken 340. So really it's uh, like you say, you, you, you're not necessarily focused on that anymore. So the progress could be exponential from, from there, or you could just get in a race where you're racing to win and the time isn't as relevant. Yeah, I think it's... I think it depends. It's two things for me. One is the barrier itself. Once you've broken it and it's like, right, it's ticked off, same with breaking four. I feel like you you remove any element of playing it safe because there's no difference. So like when I've gone round and I'm stuck in that traffic, there will definitely be part of my subconscious that's thought, just get that 339, whatever, you know? Yeah. So maybe you don't take the risk or maybe I would go around them with 300 to go rather than thinking, no, just wait till 200 because you don't want to die because you're like, right, the main objective is just get under that barrier. Whereas in the future, you'd be like, right, I've done the barrier. So if this ends in 340 or 341, there's no difference between that. You have to just go for it all out for the PB. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing is just like physiologically knowing that you are capable of doing that. So I've done a K in 226 and carried on. So I should have no fear of my body not being able to do that. So that should be now the standard of being like, right, you know, jump on it. If people are going through at 224, be just off them. Like, you know that your body can handle that. And that yeah. is a big confidence thing to do. And I know Ben will have had the same when he went under 15 minutes for 5K. The, the three-minute kilometer barrier that used to be like, oh, I don't know if I can do three-minute kilometers. Now you have that, right, I did five of them in a row. So if I've got a session where I need to do one at a time with rest, I know I can do it. It's kind of that physiological confidence. So... Yeah, that's my my takings from it. Yeah, lovely really stuff. Really good, mate. When's the next one? Uh, I'm racing on the 21st of June. So when's that? That's a week tomorrow. It's a Wednesday night race um, in, in Germany. And that's looking like a good field as well. So, um, yeah, that should be an exciting one. You are getting um, about, mate. I know. Well, you've got to find the races. You've got to find exactly. the races, which yeah. is the annoying thing because there's enough Brits. I've said this before on the podcast. There's enough Brits for us all just to race each other here. But like you had an issue with the weather, that's the main thing. I would honestly rather just pay or find a way to guarantee myself, hopefully, slightly better weather, yeah. good, good atmosphere and the people to race. Um, 
because now, I mean, that 339 is it's good and it puts me like 11th this year in in Britain, in Britain for 1500. So you're thinking like, you know, Whiteman, Elliot Giles, all those people are never going to race you in the UK. So you're looking at people that are your peers and where are they going? Well, they're going to Greece or to France or to Belgium or wherever. So you kind of just got to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that wasn't the end of my week. I did a long run the day after um, on the Sunday, 13.4 miles at 6.47, so an hour and a half along a lovely river path. And yeah, that was a boiling hot one. And then I flew back Sunday. So yeah, 61 miles, just over 60 miles for the week. Um, and yeah, very solid week. Happy with that. Yeah, very, very good indeed. It was, um, I know, like you say, you're, you've got not necessarily mixed emotions, but um, there's different factors involved in the result that you got and how you feel towards it. But it was edge of the seat stuff when we were watching from home. And I'm sure lots of the listeners will have enjoyed the, the live stream was great. So I think a lot of them mm-hmm. would have bloody loved watching you um, get your elbows out on that home straight. Yeah, I think, look, I'm the biggest advocate for being happy when something, like I hate, I not hate people that do this, but I hate <laughs> when when things happen, something good, and everyone's always wanting something better and they yeah. can never just be satisfied. I think it's really important in running when you work so long for something that you do have, you do give yourself that moment to be like, oh, that was class, you know? Like, just enjoy the fact you've gone 340. Don't be that guy that's saying, oh, well, I want faster, I want faster. Like, just don't be like that. But because I know, and I know in my heart of hearts, like, if I just got round there, I, I genuinely think I would have won. Like, in my experience, I do not lose from that situation. I always find a bit. And just thinking, like, oh, imagine if you just crossed the line and imagine if it was a second or so quicker and know that that could have been a real possibility, which is why I have the mixed emotions. But, look, it's, it's small increments. And, um, yeah, like I said, if the season ended tomorrow, I still would be really happy. So, um, yeah, on to the next one. Beautiful. Stuff. Based based off that, should we should we go straight into results from Fast Five Thousand first, and then go on to Diamond League afterwards? Yeah, one of you boys jump in because I feel like I just spoke for the whole episode there. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. I'll I'll quickly go through them. I think it'd be good just to whip through these results, and then we've got some good listeners' questions to get to as well. So, yeah, the Five Thousand Fast Five Thousand that Callum was a part of, uh, the men's five k was won in uh, Lev. Uh, 1304 by Levy Kibet of Kenya and the men's side. Um, Brits to mention was uh, George Mills. He did his, uh, I think it was a 5K debut. Mm. Um, he's he's more of a 850, 100-meter runner. So you have him to break 320. I think he ran 313, sorry, 1320. He ran 1318, which was a great result from him. Uh, good races as well from, from Ellis Cross, who got a PB. And we also had other Brits, Ian Crow-Wright, uh charlie wheeler george wheeler and james west um all running pretty well um and then on the ladies side the uh 5k was won in 1446 by medina El- elsa of ethiopia um i did recognize her actually i think she's won quite a few of those type races uh, and unfortunately yeah we had a dnf from eloise uh markov who uh yeah, the, the Pro Direct uh, documentary came out this week. And it was very good watch, Tom, by the way. Thank you very much, Ben. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it, for her? Um, I know she was hoping to, to run a PB and have a great race, but, you know, these things happen. Mm. And then the other the other race on the ladies' side was the Women's Mile, which was a, a masterclass of how to run a mile in 4.22 by Nikki Hiltz of the USA. She just looked like she was always going to win that one. 
Um, and I've seen her win multiple road miles in that sort of fashion as well. So, yeah, I think that was a good one for, for the crowds to see somebody of that talent come over from, from the States, a bit like um, Paul Chalimo coming over and winning the, the night of the 10,000s, similar for, for the US. It will encourage a whole like US fan base to come over and sort of get involved with the European action. So I thought that was good as well. From yeah. the women's side of things. And they, they paid pretty well as well for those events. I think the the five Ks were six thousand euros for the win and the fifteen hundred slash mile was three thousand euros for the win. So definitely incentive for people to, to come along, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. And then there was the men's fifteen hundred meters A race, um, which was run one, sorry, by a Norwegian guy called Nordas, uh, who's actually coached by Gert Ingebrigtsen. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he ran three thirty two, which is probably the standout performance of the night. This is what I was going to say earlier before I was going off on it. I didn't want to go off on a tangent. I was stood with Charlie. We'd watched the A race and this Nordas bloke who's in full Hoka kit has just, you know, blown a good field to bits, essentially. Like, mm. Grecia was second, I think, 333. Then you had, like, Elliot Giles, um, Charles, whatever he's called, that Canadian guy. Um, you know, really seriously good field. And anyway, we stood there and Charlie looks at me and he goes, is that Inga Britson's dad? And I'm thinking like, or <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Inga Britson's dad. Like it literally could be any, like any French, German, Norwegian. It could be any person, you know, like a lot of dads just look the same, don't they? Middle-aged blokes. And I'm looking at him again and I'm like, he does look like him, doesn't he actually? And then he's chatting to this Nordas bloke and I'm like, that Nordis, that, that, that guy's from Norway as well. That has got me more than a coincidence. Anyway, got a bit closer. Upon closer inspection, and confirmed by Sitius Mag later on YouTube, it was indeed uh, Inga Britson's dad. So, yeah, he's not coaching his sons, but could he be coaching a rival? And what a story that would be, by the way. <laughs> so, what a story. Good, good point, though, Callum. The, um, the Gert Inga Britson interview on Sitius Mag is, is worth a listen. It's unreal, anybody. yeah. yeah it so gives good. away like, all their trading secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's nice to hear it. Obviously, there's you go on various forums, you go on Let's Run, you go on Reddit, you go wherever, and there's so much information out there on the Inga Britsons and what their training looks like. But to hear it directly from the horse's mouth in an interview like that is is really cool for anybody who's into any of that stuff. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested. City of Smag on YouTube. And for, for, for the listeners, this might also appeal to you because I know the vast majority of our listeners all do longer distances. He says in the interview, this Nordas bloke who's won, who we've clearly never heard of in these circles. He's like a half marathon runner, or he told Gert he was a half marathon runner. Um, and like, that's what he enjoyed doing. And then he gradually dropped down to 10K to 5K. And then Gert, for whatever reason, said to him, look, I reckon you could be decent at 1500. Let's give him a go. He ran one last year in 334. And then he's just come run 332 now. So like, Insane. You, you never know until you try is what I'm saying. And a lot of people mm. contact me about various things, like the amount of people who are, 18 19 and they're saying to me like oh i'm thinking about going to america like how did you get a scholarship or whatever and i'll say oh what are your pbs they'll tell me a 10k and a half marathon and it makes me think like have you even tried to a shorter distance and i'm saying that from not a looking down on you because it was me last year or well two years ago until nick said to me no no it's indoor season let's see how you do over a mile and then now look at me all i talk about is middle distances and i was that guy that was convinced i was going to do 5ks and 10ks so yeah it's never too late to try something if you're out there and you're thinking what's all the shorter distance stuff about just jump in and give it a go because you never know you might enjoy it and you might actually be way more talented at it than the longer stuff very good point all right should we jump into some uh diamond league results oh baby a couple of world records to talk about and a world best 
<laughs> Go on, Tom, you kick us off with these. Yeah, bloody hell. What a night it was, eh? I, I feel like there's been an incredible amount of athletics to watch recently and an incredible level of it as well. So, obviously, we had Paris, Diamond League, and then the 5,000 back-to-back. Um, excellent coverage of both. Uh, and, obviously, it makes sense to kick off with Jakob. Now, I've got a bone to pick with this one. So, we ran the two-mile world best, world record, whatever you want to call it, in 7.54, which is, correct me, Callum, give me the exact number, but it's uh, Daniel Komen's record from, what, like 20-odd years ago? Oh, ages ago, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 22 years ago, maybe, something like like that. And also, like, clouded in being dodgy as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, which is outrageous in itself, right? But on the, um, did did you watch this on on the BBC coverage, either of you? No, I was, I was because my flight was a bit delayed. I was actually at the track doing my own pre-meet uh, when when Jakob did it. So I literally got back and was like, "Oh, I broke the world record!" And hmm. then I managed to watch the rest of it. Yeah, did you watch I, it, Ben? No, unfortunately, I missed the whole meet. I watched it all in highlights, but not not live, unfortunately. Yeah, because I, I I switched it on whilst the live coverage was going on, and I couldn't find um, Jakob's race anywhere on the BBC coverage. It was driving me mental. Um, but anyway, yeah, like incredible performance wasn't it he always just looks so dominant and he looks his, his stride is just a thing of beauty in it yes, indeed you see it's his uh case splits from that race it was like 229 228 227 yeah outrageous yeah nice progression run that it's crazy when you think like so he had to run 59 seconds a lap to get the record that doesn't sound that bad but then when you think he has to go through 3K, he went through in like 7.26, didn't he? Or 7.23. or so. It was something ridiculous, basically. And that's when it's crazy. So not only has he broken the two-mile world record, if he'd started sprinting a bit earlier, he could have, you know, been on for the 3K. You know? So it's, yeah, crazy. It was indeed. What other world records did we have from that meet? Um, we had Germa in the 3,000-meter uh, steeplechase, which, again, was... This one was almost more dramatic because of like you, you could tell the wave lights were catching him towards the end. He was starting to starting to struggle, and it was it felt I was on well I wasn't on the edge of my seat because I was I actually watched this on my phone whilst having a picnic. You'll be surprised to know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you, another picnic. Do you ever uh, eat indoors, mate? <laughs> you may as well sell your house. No, if it's over fifteen degrees, right? It's it's picnic, it's a picnic. yeah. It's a picnic. So I yeah, guess you don't I'm... do like a full meat barbecue vibe. You just go with picnic stuff. No, can I, you know can I ask you a question? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Is it a picnic if you're eating a meal outdoors, or does it have to be a certain selection of food? No, you've got to have yeah, nibbly bits, yeah. mate. I don't think. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think this constitutes as a picnic because made dinner like it normally would, and then carried it in bowls uh, to the little field out the back of the house and ate it there. Yeah, so... not a picnic. Just no, outdoor, what is it? that then? What is that? Outdoor scram. Is it? Outdoor <laughs> <scram>. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, 7.52 for the 3,000 metre steeplechase, which was another unbelievable performance, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah, like you said, it was it was good to watch because the wave lights almost added a bit of entertainment to it because yeah. otherwise it was just a guy out there running 3,000 metres by himself from, from what I saw in the highlights. But yeah, when he come into the with a lap to go, it looked like the the lights had caught him and he was slowing down, but then he yeah. managed to find a little bit extra and got under it. So, yeah, that was always good to watch. 
Yeah, it was it was so far ahead, and you could see like the last the last water jump in particular. It was literally like neck and neck with the with the wave lights, and you could tell just by the way he landed. He was so like he was he was fatigued by that yeah. point, very very fatigued. But held it together. And um, he also said in an interview that he wasn't going to do any other distance until he'd got the world record in that three thousand mm. meter steeplechase. So it's a weird event, isn't it? The steeplechase. I'm gonna, gonna. I will mark my words. I will do a steeple. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, like to see that. maybe sooner than you think. Once I've stretched off a bit and seen if I can actually jump a hurdle, because mm. there's a gap in the market for steeple. That'll not do many, you. That'll many, do your legs a world of good, mate. Not many people do steeple. You know why do you think Beamish has given it a go? Because is he yeah. going to get a medal at 15 or 5k? It's looking unlikely based on how good the other people are. But could he at steeple? Well, you'd never know. You know. But but do you reckon the surely like the financial compensation for steeplechase? I don't know. I might be talking out my ass. But surely the compensation for that is less than like fifteen hundred meter or five five thousand meters. What do you mean, do you like in, your contract? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you do fifteen hundred in today's day and age, then that's the gold man. Isn't it? It's like marathon, and that is like super mass appeal. It's always been like that sort of event. But if you're an Olympic medalist. Then mm. you, it doesn't matter what event you're probably going to get as much as someone who's you know uh, medals and making teams is the main bit. And obviously in Beamish's example, he can probably make the team for whatever he wants because he's from New Zealand. But if you say from the US and you're like, well, look at the 1500, look at the 5k, they're both looking pretty difficult. Could I yeah. give it a go over 3k? And if I make the team, it's going to mean I get a two-year extension on my contract. If I don't make the team, then I might not have a contract. Then something's better than nothing, type thing. That being yeah. said, if anyone's listening, I'm not underestimating the steeple. By the way, I think it's really, really, really hard. Um, it looks, yeah, it it looks like bearing in mind we're around seven fifty two, right? And you're jumping over bloody hurdles and you're splashing in water and your feet must be wet and uncomfortable. I'm sure he's not thinking about that halfway around. Oh, my feet, feet are a bit uncomfortable here. <laughs> but that's you know, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to get right and there's a lot that can go wrong, right? Like if he gets a bad jump or bad footing on that last water landing like he's um yeah it's the difference between the world record and not a world record so there's a yeah there's a lot going on it looks hectic i don't know if i could handle it to be honest no and the jumps just take so much out of your legs yeah it looks horrible yeah um anyway aside from that we also had uh faith kipyagon fresh off her 1500 meter world record um adding another one to the list with a 5000 meter world record in 1405 and this was uh this was a, a bloody good race as well wasn't it like her and gide front running the whole thing basically shoulder to shoulder until the last what 200 ish yeah pretty much and yeah. they both had the black and white nike kit as well which i'm not yeah. sure what how do you have to how do you get that is that Olymp- if you win a Olymp- olympic medal olympic or world medal yeah gold yeah. gold gold only i think so that was like the clash of the titans up against each other. It was really both, good. Both in the proto spikes as well, weren't they? The mm. the white and black. Oh, yeah, it was bloody fantastic. But good show when, for Nike. When Kip Yegon took off at the end, like there was that there was a side angle of her right down the home straight, and it was it was outrageous. She just found found that different gear, and it was uh, yeah, seeing her. She always seems so. Uh, she's very expressive, isn't she? Like she mm. looked absolutely delighted again. So. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad week in the life of Faith Kip Yegon, really, was it? No, two world records in eight days. Not Unbelievable stuff. Um, 
Yeah, what a, what a meet, by the way. Diamond mm. League was just generally speaking. Um, it's not actually officially like on the Diamond League circuit, though, is it? It's a bit weird. Oh really? What Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. That's why, like, Jakob's um... doing a two mile. No, no, no. That's why, that's like, the world it... best. It's why, yeah, it's why it's why it wasn't on TV. Oh. How Diamond League's normally on BBC or BBC Three or whatever, and it's on for the full duration. I think the Paris one isn't part of the official circuit that they put out at the start, so I think all the the deals and stuff are not are negotiated a bit differently. Um, I'll have to find the actual specifics on that, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then finally, the nation's sweetheart, Keely Hodgkinson, um, ran a, a national record for the 800 metres, 155.77. She ran. And so it was, this was her first it was her first race of the season, wasn't it? First yeah. or second? For, first 800, I think, yeah. First yeah. 800, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, not bad. Not and the, I think it was, she, she basically like won it in the last lap, didn't she? She was mm. sort of, they were all still together through 400. The pacer drops out, or Keeley literally ran the pacer off the track. And then she just unleashed like next gear. So yeah, quite a dominant run, especially at this point in the season. And you surely got to think she's going to run faster than that as well. Um, so yeah, very good to see. Yeah, I mean, look, there's probably loads of results these during like probably from now to the next 10 episodes there's probably going to be loads of other results of different meets and i know a lot of listeners get in touch with shout outs or races they've done or whatever it's impossible mm. to cover the 20 track meets that there is every week so mm. um i guess we're just setting the precedent that we're going to probably just cover professional race results but if you have any that are notable to you or something exciting and happened or there's a good story or you know someone breaks a world record down at your track let us know. Um, the, what's the email, Ben? You're the email man. Uh, the email is runit3wayspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or if you want a fast response, then uh, just Instagram message one of us. Um, or we'll put Ben's personal phone number in the show notes. You can get in touch with him there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. we, this is. I know Tom wanted a, a slightly quicker episode because he's, uh, I'm sure, got to you know relax and pamper himself before the big shoot tomorrow and Ben, no doubt you need your beauty sleep but should we do a couple of listeners questions? Yeah, they're, they're too good to miss these. There's some yeah, absolute well, crackers what, in here. What we'll do is we'll do the three that we advertised on Instagram and then we'll call it at that, yeah? Alright, go on and all right. take it away. Right, we'll start with the one that's all on your mind, people. So, mm. Jasper has written in. I'm not going to use his second name in case his employer's <laughs> listening. Uh, or his wife, or husband. Um, so, Shag, Marry, Avoid. You all know the concept of the game. Um, people might know it by uh, different names, but essentially, you're going to sleep with one of these people, you're going to marry one of them, and you're going to avoid and never speak to one of them again. So, you've got Lemetja Germa, world record steeplechase. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, world record two mile. Or Faith Kip Yegon, double world record holder. Mm. Thoughts, boys? I've given the you a easiest, few... easiest thing in the world. Go on. Me, Go I on. reckon. I reckon your answers are going to be the exact same. Um, I would, I would shag Jacob. Although to be fair, I'd probably let him shag me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, in, I'd marry. Interesting. I'd marry uh, Kip Yegon, obviously. Um, yeah. And I'd have to avoid Germa. I'm afraid. She seems sweet, actually. That would be a good. She wife, seems lovely. Her. Seems lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd marry Jacob. I'd okay. marry Jacob. Shag Faith Kip Yegon. And, well, that, uh, that, just, yeah. 
that doesn't. You know what? That you know what? Please. You know what doesn't surprise me about that? He's got the tattoos. He's doing the double thresholds. Of course, he's marrying Jakob. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, every day I get to wake up next to him. I I know that based off your answers, the only one that I can say to be different is me shagging Germa, but I don't know if that's gonna go. I don't know. I don't know about that. In the, st- in the steeplechase pit. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll have to think about it, but if we do all need a different answer, then I can take that on board if needed. Um, so, yeah, maybe me and Germa, little night post next Diamond League. If anyone's got any connections, get me an invite to that. Um, and then, yeah, I'd probably just have to marry Kip Yeager and avoid Jakob, wouldn't I? But, um, yeah, I mean, he's already he's already shagging Tom, so I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. And if anyone, we, I mean, we can't do one of them every episode, but if anyone's got any other juicy ones like that, then uh, yeah, send them in. Oh, don't. Don't. Because I can, you, you know what some of our listeners are like. Don't yeah, no, nothing, nothing personal. No other running influences as well, because I know what you're all going to send in. There's a, <laughs> half the questions that people actually send in, we just don't ask on here because you're just trying to get either Ben cancelled or me locked up. So just don't say anything. <laughs> Right, so, second question. This is a um, a bit more of a a bit more of a serious one, and I mm. think a useful one from Kieran, which is what's one investment that you'd recommend to runners that they should make, and it can't be a shoe or a watch. He said, so you can't just say Alpha Flies or a Coros Pace Two or whatever. What's one investment, uh, either to equipment or like a service or um, anything that they can invest their money, time, or energy in? Thoughts? Mm. Good question. My my first thing that comes to mind to me is uh, a mattress topper or a, a uh, what they call what a mattress, a mattress topper a mattress or a mattress topper. yeah a good basically right we had this mattress topper that didn't fit our bed and we put up with it for about a year two years and I can't remember them I can't list the number of nights where I had a bad night's sleep where this mattress topper didn't quite fit and I was rolling off the bed and like it was just irritating and then we invested. Uh, hard-earned cash in a in a new mattress topper which is beautiful i think it's from emma mattresses something like oh, that. big up emma um, oh you're and... trying i know your game fella i know your game we all know emma Matt. oh of course it's from emma the only mattress company we've heard of that sponsors you yeah <laughs> oh, do you want to know you're a joke you're a joke mate i actually got a um emma mattress deal come through and i i turned it down so oh, there you God. go what were you too busy learning swedish exactly <laughs> uh, i knew it um but yeah <laughs> good night's sleep goes a long way i think i wasn't expecting that right you threw me well off guard when you came out with mattress topper but that's um that's actually a very good consideration isn't it they, they are very good. expensive yeah like, a are. mattress is very expensive but 100 percent worth it like the amount of hours you spend on it especially yeah. trying to promote recovery what's the saying about like if sleep was a performance enhancing drug it would be banned or something like that yeah, yeah. oh big believer in that Bloody hell, you, you make mine sound really boring now. Callum, you go first. No, 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 Tom, you go. And what was yours? Well, I was going to say, like, a gym membership. Okay, yeah, that's um, a fair point. Goes to the gym once. Go on. It's <laughs> 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 done once. Yeah, yeah that's me. Yeah. No, I was born this way. Um, I'm watching Generation Iron on Netflix and all sorts now. You watch. But, no, I think it's, uh, yeah, a, a very worthy investment, which I have not made up until this point. And now I've done it, I'm like, yeah, this could be incredibly beneficial going forwards. Um, and I know depending on where you live geographically, the price of gyms can vary drastically, right? Um, but yeah, I think getting yourself a nice little gym 
is uh, is is definitely one of the best investments outside of shoes and a watch. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Jim can be good for the reasons Ben said as well, where Ben's talking about weather conditions and like yeah, definitely ge- ge- geography. Because in terms of the consistency of your training, you then kind of have no excuses in terms yeah. of weather or wind or pace or having friends or whatever. You can always having be able friends. to train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like some like. <laughs> I've got jack shit, mate. I've got no training partners. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, I saw miles. I saw Ben posted on Instagram today, and he was like, "Yeah, part of the reason why I've done a treadmill session is because it's easier to motivate myself because I don't have anyone to go out and train with." Um, mm. Which you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to just sacking off a session because they can't be bothered. But if the treadmill's whizzing around, then you kind of just got to jump on, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I had my investment, I've got a few that I'm I'm weighing up here about what it would be. My my initial reaction is to say a coach, but I'm not going to mm. say a coach. I'm going to say an athletics club membership. So that's kind of similar because sometimes that comes with some element mm. of coaching. But I'm going to say just signing up for an annual membership is going to cost you somewhere between 50 and 100 pounds for a year at most athletics clubs. Often that will include access to the facilities like the track. Often it will include some free coaching. Often it will include being able to participate at things like road relays, cross-country relays, all the kind of national events. But in terms of meeting people, having mates, having a good training environment, being able to be involved in a good community, etc., I think that's a really good investment and also probably one of the cheapest investments that you'd be able to make. You know, you get a year at a running club for half the prices on Vaporflies. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be my answer. Sorry, it's not very exciting. No, it's good. Nice little trifecta of things there, isn't it? Coffee would be a good one as well. What, just, just one coffee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good quality so, coffee. So the best investment that runners could make is just having a one coffee. Yeah. Solid. Right. Maybe that's a lo- maybe we should do like a tiered option for but under five pounds investment. That'd be a be one. <laughs> right. Final question. It's on the coffee note. So uh, Lee, and I've, I've put his second name in actually because I want him to get the respect he deserves for such a great question. Lee Duddy has said, uh, name. he said, what's your favourite pastry? And he said, he specified that he is it's quite, an apple turnover. Yeah, he said, I'm an apple turnover man myself. So Big respect. Favourite pastry. He obviously I- heard all of the Fika chat on the last episode and thought, I've got a question for you boys. Yeah, you I, mean, I, I mean, I'll kick this off plain and simple. Uh, mine is a pan of raisin. Pan of raisin. Nice. Yeah. Solid choice. What's one of them? From I'm the not. I'm not too great on um pastry. It's a, it's a swirl. It, it's do you know what a cinnamon swirl is? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So imagine that, but it's not cinnamon. It's probably got people are going to say some kind of custard type thing, and it's got raisins in it. It's lovely. Hmm. Hot, cold, morning, night, anytime. Pan of raisin, co-op or a bakery anywhere. Very nice. Tom, what's yours? Or do you want me to go ahead? Oh, ben, go. ben, don't you say this Swedish thing. <laughs> do, a, Swedish. do a it's real a one. Bun. Do a real one. It's a Swedish fika. It's called a cardamom bun. Okay. That sounds quite nice. It's delicious. That sounds quite nice. Um, It's sort of like a cinnamon swirl, but Swedish version. Tom, you Tom, you could do a savoury one if you want. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, does a sausage roll count? Oh, if, if it does, then I change my answer to sausage roll, because honestly, sausage roll is my favourite food. It's pastry, isn't it? It gets all flaky, and that's yeah, the pastry yeah. that gets flaky. So yeah, I'm yeah, going to say... Yeah, but it... also you don't say, like, if I said, oh, shall I bring some pastries round? You wouldn't be expecting <laughs> me to bring a steak bake, would you? You think no. I'm coming through with a steak bake, you'd think, oh, he's bringing a croissant, you know? No, but it's, it's still pastry, isn't it? I all right, think you okay. meant sweet pastries. Yeah, Did but it? also a pastry is like, say, that's like saying, oh, I'll have a steak and ale pie. <laughs> with cheese. Yeah, pastry. Cooked by my mum. 
all right. All right. You don't have a sweet pastry preference. If I've got to go sweet, oh, this. I'll bring one to you tomorrow morning. Yeah, bring me a nice one. I do like cinnamon swirls. There we go. Great um, answer. Yeah, that'd probably be my, my top pick. That'd be stuff. Do you want any more listeners' questions this week? What do you reckon? Um, I, I reckon just those three. Honestly, this has been a bit of a mammoth episode. Um, yeah, and we, also we can save some of the others for um for previous ones. But I'm liking this little structure we've got now, where we give some some attempts at real advice with some absolute nonsense on the side. I think it's, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's good. good. Yeah, good balance. All right then, chaps. If you want to submit your questions, as I've already said, run it three ways at pod. Run it three ways podcast at gmail dot com. Um, or we usually put a poll up on Instagram. So follow us over there. Um, anything just, else? Yeah, just a disclaimer. For the next episode, we don't actually know if we're going to be able to record because Ben's got no idea where he's going. So <laughs> it could be it could be a tent. He might I'll find a cupboard, mate. There'll yeah, be a cupboard. I he guarantee might, it. He might not have internet. So if you don't hear us from us again, it's because he's, he's ended up somewhere dodgy. Sounds yeah, good. I, I don't think you're going to get the fastest of internet speeds in the Isle of Mole. To no, be honest, yeah. It does look a bit remote, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. but less people using it, mate. Mm. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I just googled it, and it said um, a businessman based on the Isle of Mole has revealed that he gets better connection at sea than he does when he's um when he's in the city when he's you know doing deals in the city. So, so you're telling me that he's going to record from a boat? No, he. Well, I'll get he, a boat. I'll get him yeah. a canoe, and I'll just row into the ocean until said, I get some signal businessman reveals he has to head out to sea to get the most reliable connections so there you go ben if you're not joining from a boat next week you don't care enough about the podcast exactly. and our valued listeners i'll skip my session tonight for you lads so <laughs> don't put it past me <laughs> uh. <laughs> right should we um should we boogie should we get out of here yeah have, have a good week boys enjoy the shoot tomorrow take some good pics look your best and uh smile mm. like you mean it as they say